for future economic trends. This is BizTalk. Hello and welcome to this edition of BizTalk. I'm Guanxing in Beijing. The role of hydrogen as a key decarbonization energy source is creating more buzz than ever. The emerging hydrogen industry is expected to attract growing investment amid increasingly stringent emissions restrictions. Meanwhile, falling renewables costs and developments into carbon capture and storage technologies are enabling more commercially viable green and blue hydrogen. Is hydrogen-powered future possible? Who will finance the hydrogen boom? What roles should governments play to incentivize markets? To discuss these issues, joining me today are Richard Shaheen, Emeritus Professor and co-founder of Hydrogen Research Institute at University of Quebec, and Joe Boosler, Executive Director of Plant Lifecycle Solutions and CFO of Lindy Engineering APAC, and Leo Yang, General Manager and Executive Director of CIMC Enric. Well, thank you all for your time today. So, Professor Shaheen, let me start with you. There is much buzz currently concerning hydrogen and its role as a key enabler of decarbonization. What are the advantages of hydrogen? Uh, well, thank you for having me on the show. Let me just first explain what hydrogen really is. Hydrogen actually is like electricity. It's not energy in itself. Energy comes from solar or wind or biomass. Electricity and hydrogen are energy carrier. They, they can translate that renewable energy, which is the sun, into a usable energy form for our applications. Hydrogen are generated either from fossil fuels, by burning coal, by burning natural gas, or in a less harmful way from solar. And hydrogen has to be made from, from the water by electrolysis or using the hydrogen from hydrocarbons and fossil fuels. Now that we made this definition of hydrogen, let's see why hydrogen is important. So it's, it has been applied mostly to transportation, but if we want to decarbonize the whole economy, we need to decarbonize also other sectors like the industrial sector, like the agricultural sector. For example, hydrogen is used in fertilizers. Fertilizers are responsible for 3% of the global CO2 emission. If that hydrogen is come from clean sources, right. then it's 3% less emission. Steel production uses hydrogen. Refinery, they use hydrogen, a lot of hydrogen. Then if with that hydrogen, we can make it from green energy, that's about three, four, 5% less CO2 emission. That's very easy, easier to do than transportation application. But then we can go further than that. All the hydrocarbon derivatives, the plastic we use, the alcohol we use from, from, from hydrocarbons, they could be made from hydrogen. We capture the CO2 and use it to produce those hydrocarbon derivatives. And on the long run, on the long run, we can use hydrogen to make synthetic fuels, liquid fuels for airplanes and everything. They could come from renewable hydrogen and captured and use CO2. And this could only be done by hydrogen. The buzz is real because we, we, we see the benefits of hydrogen. And let me take this to you, Mr. Boosler. Hydrogen is currently enjoying unprecedented political and business momentum with a number of policies and projects around the world expanding rapidly. Why is hydrogen energy a valuable investment opportunity right now? If you look at one of the big global trends now, decarbonization, right? And a lot of governments around the world agreed now to the joint goal to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Having achieved that global agreement on the topic that we want to reduce our emissions, 
Now it comes actually to the point where we need to put the policies into action. And that's a very big field. Right? This, if you just think about the whole fossil fuel emission generating, there's a lot that is related to that. And, and also agree here to Richard, it's, it's not one technology. There are some easier to achieve quick gains, efficiency increases in industry, for example. Then we can electrify parts of industry. We can electrify parts of transport. But at the end, that's, it's not one technology that can help us to go towards zero, net zero in future. Um, but there will be a lot of different technologies. And hydrogen also, we believe that's one of the technologies that can be really useful here as a clean source. Uh, actually, it's a global topic that we have, and it has a huge scale overall. So by doing that, we think that's a great field to be in right now. Countries are paying more attention to hydrogen as the number of policies that directly support investment in hydrogen technologies grows. In IEA's net zero by 2050, hydrogen use will expand more than six-fold from current levels by 2050, accounting for 10% of global final energy consumption. Governments are beginning to declare a wide range of policy instruments in pilot projects involving hydrogen. The Beijing Winter Olympics, for example, included a high number of hydrogen vehicles and refueling stations, making it the world's largest demonstration of hydrogen fuel cell vehicle usage. And Mr. Yan, the Beijing Winter Olympics played a demonstration role for hydrogen energy. What's the market outlook for hydrogen uh, in a wider range of applications, in your opinion? I think the success uh, trial demonstration in the uh, Beijing Winter Olympic uh, for hydrogen uh, will bring a very positive uh, promotion role in the future green industry. As what I would foresee, at least there will be a four main areas for more usage of hydrogen in the future. One is uh, to replace the traditional uh, oil energy. Where in this uh, Beijing Olympic period, I think uh, there are many application trial of buses and car had been applied. The fuel cell, when we use uh, hydrogen, the converging rate to energy can up to 60% becoming electricity. The energy conversion rate of uh, electrical motor, then the efficiency can be up to 90%. So there is a very obvious great potential in the transport logistics. In China, by 2021, we already complete the 230 filling station on hydrogen. And then the licensed hydrogen vehicle are already close to 8,000. As per plan of our country until 2035, there is a plan to build up more than 5,000 hydrogen filling station, a million of a hydrogen vehicle. So obviously the outlook in the transport logistics is promising. And second area, what I was looking at uh, is the renewable energy storage. The tendency in the future, a renewable green power grid with natural gas as an emergency peak shaving power source is definitely will be the future. And then how to store the renewable energy. I will say the hydrogen will play a very important role in future. The third area, is uh, the usage of hydrogen will bring the green alternative for many of, of traditional high carbon emission industry. The last but not the least is a usage of the combined supply of coal, heat and electric, uh, and also the electrical power. The efficiency of the energy will be increased uh, dramatically. Coming up next, 
Hydrogen usage is becoming critical as countries throughout the world strive to achieve carbon neutrality. Despite this, production costs remain exorbitant. How can we increase the consumption of green hydrogen? The R&D keeps on going in, in that field, so the efficiency will go up, costs will decrease. What benefits can China bring to companies as a world pioneer in growing the hydrogen industry? Each demonstration is big scale. This will attract more market. For future economic trends, this is BizTalk. Hydrogen can be produced from components such as water or fossil fuels, but it takes energy to do it. Different hydrogen generation technologies are denoted by a color code scheme. The majority of the hydrogen generated today is gray hydrogen, which is made from fossil fuels. Gray hydrogen accounts for 95% of today's hydrogen supply. It has a large carbon dioxide impact and is incompatible with achieving carbon neutrality. Green hydrogen will bridge the gap between renewable energy and net zero carbon emissions. The cost of generating this gas, however, remains considerable. Professor Shaheen, how to further overcome barriers and reduce costs for green hydrogen to further unlock its potential in cutting our, our carbon footprint? Hydrogen production is about 80 million tons a year globally. It produces like 800 million tons of, of, of CO2. Now we are going through uh, production of green hydrogen technology. And in the last five years, the, the electrolysis capacity global doubled over the, five, the last five years. We have about 400 new projects on the table for producing hydrogen from electricity. And if they are all realized, in about seven years, we will have had 10% of the hydrogen produced annually made from green electricity. That's about 8 million tons. But still, it's not enough. We have to accelerate because if we're going to go globally to a zero CO2 emission by 2050, you will see that from 10% to 80 million tons, there's still a long way to go. The problem with hydrogen production is purely economical. We see today with the rise of gas prices, hydrogen production from natural gas has been multiplied by four. So the kilo is going to six, seven kilograms. And it's comparable now to the, to the production of green hydrogen from renewable electricity. We can produce hydrogen competitively with the one produced from natural gas. So we're going toward, toward that road. But all what we need now is to accelerate the pace because we have the technology, we have the economics, but the pace is very slow. A key barrier for green hydrogen used to be the cost gap between hydrogen from fossil fuels. However, the Russian-Ukraine conflict has caused natural gas prices to skyrocket making green hydrogen cheaper to produce than gray hydrogen in Europe, the Middle East, and China. The rising costs of gray hydrogen production has sent shockwaves throughout the sector as well as the global energy market. Mr. Boosler, is a shift to a large-scale use of a hydrogen fee possible? And what's the pathway towards green hydrogen? If you look at where we're currently using hydrogen, it's, it's mostly used in chemicals and in refinery. So with being able to use hydrogen as a green fuel and in other fields like, like an industry. Well, that comes along with that we need to increase the, the production capacity. How about green hydrogen? We, if you think about 20 years ago and looking at the renewable sector, wind power, solar power was quite expensive at that time. But through the right policies and through continued investment and development, actually the cost came down to really make it competitive by now 
to produce electricity from solar and from wind. And what we're seeing now with all that interest in electrolyzers for the production of green hydrogen, we also see the same here that, that will happen over the next few years. More investment coming in economies of scale, that means the cost is, is going to decrease, as well as the efficiency and the R&D keeps on going in, in that field. So the efficiency will go up, cost will decrease. And also, if you look here at China, also really happy to see that, that we have good investments here. We do have um, big green hydrogen projects in China, government policies that support that. There are also companies that go into that area. So it's, it's a field where investment also makes sense going forward. China has placed a high value on hydrogen as it strives to reach carbon neutrality by 2060. The National Development and Reform Commission outlined a comprehensive roadmap for promoting low-carbon hydrogen in its March report, including providing a policy environment by 2025, forming an innovation system by 2030, and a diverse hydrogen energy application ecosystem by 2035. Low-carbon hydrogen's portion of overall energy consumption is forecast to expand dramatically, assisting China's clean energy transition. Mr. Yang, let me take this to you. What are the advantages and challenges of developing hydrogen energy in China? There are a few good advantages. First, uh, from the country point of view, there are very strong support from the government. So it's first time uh, in, the, in the past ever the hydrogen has been writing into the five-year plan of the country. As far as now, already 29 provinces already promoted their, their development plan for hydrogen. Meanwhile, the country also are promoting uh, six large city clusters uh, to jointly promote the whole industry chain of the hydrogen. The, the plan is to uh, promote at least uh, 40,000 and hydrogen vehicle uh, till 2025. And meanwhile, there are a lot of uh, policy and also subsidy uh, uh, being promoted uh, into this direction. And second advantage, I would say, is obviously uh, in the country, whenever uh, in uh, when we do those demonstration trial uh, application, including this Beijing Olympic, each uh, demonstration is big scale. Yeah, it's not just big scale, it's all from upstream to downstream. When those applications and scenarios uh, in large uh, scale, then it will attract more, mark, uh, I would say, market uh, point of view and, and promote the market and, and application and then increase the economic of the industry very in, in great uh, scale. The latest policy the country adopts, which is uh, they promote the mileage rewards. So the, the high hydrogen truck or car have to travel so far distant before they can receive any subsidy or rewards. So actually this more accurate uh, stimulation program. Um, by doing so, I would say this uh, secure the quality growth and promote the uh, real R&D of the whole industry. And then the fourth, I would also think, uh, as you just mentioned, the public financing. In the country, uh, with the support first, the initial funds were from the from the government, and uh, meanwhile we can see the public financing or the social capital uh, very much support and then follow the direction of this uh, new trend of the technology and new trend of future energy. Strong support from financial wise, they also they giving this industry a uh, great advantage. Of course, there is also uh, challenges. I would say challenges were more under regulation. Anyhow, hydrogen uh, is new, and then uh, a country will be more conservative in apply 
uh, in losing the regulation or, or losing the time for innovation because safety always at the top of priority. Uh, the industry need to work together to overcome and then to improve our regulation to be uh, more supportive for this direction of innovation. Coming up next, what will the future of the hydrogen market entail? It will be in future an integral part of our energy mix in different industries, the applications. What should governments do to ensure that hydrogen lives up to the hype? But there is no money to execute the roadmap. I would like to see a more ambitious goal from the government. The world economy as we know it is about to change. Global Business Reports highlight emerging markets, developing countries, and dynamic sectors worldwide. We feature top analysts and newsmakers to provide perspectives on every facet of business. From an on-the-ground perspective, we provide you with balanced and objective assessments. Fast, sharp, and insightful. Global Business. Only on CGTN. Professor Shaheen, the hype about hydrogen isn't new. There have been several waves of popularity for hydrogen and also many failed attempts. Despite all its advantages, obstacles are also obvious. In your opinion, what's different this time? Believe me when I say most of the hype and the deception are caused by politics because government come, they put, put some programs there, but they put some very short-term program. But this time, after we tried, all the transport electrification of transportation government invested billions and billions of dollars supporting electric vehicles and and thing and we still co2 is rising they have to go to hydrogen and technological advances are happen happening so uh, using green hydrogen now is not a fantasy with the come with the coming of solar which thanks to china because before china uh, started producing solar panel, the solar was costing like 10 times more. But with China introduction of cost-effective technology, now let us uh, make us easy for us to make greener hydrogen. But in my opinion, and as a scientist, the really big game changer will come when we change the way we are producing hydrogen. Now we are using electricity as a medium mm -hmm. to, to make hydrogen. And we need green electricity, which is from solar and power. So we have to invest a lots of money in solar and electricity generation. Numbers are huge, like $1,200 billion are needed to do that. So that's kind of obstacle is what we call the initial investment in hydrogen project, which is the capex. It's a huge load in, in industry. Now their research are advancing on a different level. It's just making hydrogen direct from the solar energy directly without electricity and and research are advancing very well and that is called water splitting or photoelectrochemical we can use those kind of same material put it in water and under the sun rays the sun split the water and have the hydrogen molecule at high efficiency all right that's a big game changer because we produce hydrogen directly without the need to big capex investment so now the research is only advancing but when they succeed of doing so and probably 10 15 20 years from now that would be the whole game changer because then hydrogen 
would be the main intermediary between the solar and all other application. Electricity then could come from hydrogen and not from solar panels or wind energy. And Mr. Yang, let me take this to you. Uh, you've been observing China's industry development for a long time. In what ways can hydrogen aid China's decarbonization drive? What role will hydrogen play in China's energy mix as China uh, striving to reach carbon neutral by 2050? I think I'm always quite excited about uh, the potential future utilization of hydrogen and what kind of benefit the hydrogen can deliver to the benefit of the national decarbonization plan. We, we made a joint investment with Iron Steel. So we will utilize the waste gas of the steel mill production, which is called oven gas. So the traditional way of uh, disposal of the gas, they would just uh, uh, yeah, throw away uh, or maybe purify a little bit or burn it uh, for electricity. So this is traditional way. And then the latest uh, project we did with them with our latest uh, technology and equipment, we will convert those oven gas into uh, natural gas, into hydrogen. So the phase one um, production will be able to deliver in North China, uh, close to the steel mill, around uh, 100,000 ton of LNG, and then also 30,000 ton of hydrogen a year. And then by by this uh, uh, conversion, we call it uh, traditional COG, carbon gas into clean energy. So we also have a joint plan together with the uh, steel, the steel mill, to change the traditional diesel oil truck uh, into LNG truck and into hydrogen truck. So the plan we will convert all those 5,000 trucks into a clean energy truck. So to achieve so, so we've been able to save just for the transport and logistics half million ton of carbon emission a year. So what we can see here, uh, although bit and bit, uh, but it's very, very much excited uh, for the future we can look at. And Mr. Busler, what's the future for hydrogen energy market amid rising threat of climate change and energy crisis? So that's a, a great point where we're at right now from here to, to have a um, faster development of hydrogen in the coming few years. And if you look at the policies, they're different though in different regions. When you look, for example, as Australia, Australia is now positioning itself also as an energy hydrogen exporter. So Australia has a lot of resources. If you look at solar power, wind power potential, natural gas that can be used for blue hydrogen. So that production can exceed the needs in Australia actually for hydrogen. And, and Australia is partnering with other countries that have less such solar, wind and gas uh, resources but they have a high demand for, for energy as well. So you, you see, for example, in Korea, which is very advanced in, in working with liquid hydrogen in, in rolling out hydrogen for transportation, which is partnering. So you see companies from, from different countries, governments partnering together to actually make big projects happening, which is difficult for one company or one country to do. So if you say future of hydrogen, the mix uh, will be quite interesting. So it will be in future an integral part of our energy mix. And you will see it in, in transport, you will see it in power in different industries, the applications, and, and that on a, on a global level. And more and more of that will come from green hydrogen as well. 
Despite the fact that governments and businesses are betting big on hydrogen, we have yet to see them translate their ambitious strategies into concrete capital. A Hydrogen Council study reports that more than 30 nations have hydrogen-specific strategies, but with only $30 billion pledged compared to $300 billion from private sector investment. This represents merely 1.4% of global energy funding. Hydrogen with great expectations and momentum comes with great risk of falling short of the hype. And Professor Shaheen, what more can be done through international cooperation to accelerate the growth of hydrogen economy? This is the most important question now. I mean, after we said everything, we need to accelerate the innovation phase. It's not going as fast as we would like it to. One of the reasons also is the lack of international collaboration between government and scientists, because we have lots of structure for collaboration on hydrogen, but there is no money in there to facilitate those collaboration. And mostly government, they promise money, but they are so little. All the world government now with their roadmaps and everything, they only committed $37 billion to hydrogen, $37 billion. The industry has already committed $300 million, which is seven or eight times larger than the government. Mm -hmm. But what we really need is $1,200 billion. That's the real need to really make hydrogen uh, a key enabler of zero decarbonization. By 2050, you make a policy, but then you have to put the money behind it. And this sense, I would like to see, as I said, a more ambitious goal from the government. And to give, just give you an example, China, they are now their renewable energies development is bigger than the total global development. So China is doing something about it. We do the roadmap, then uh, three, four years later, we renew the roadmap, but there is no money, you know, to, mm -hmm. to execute the roadmap. Roadmap are nice, but you need the resources to do so. Indeed. I think some long-term planning and forward-thinking are needed here. Thank you all for your insights. Richard Shaheen, Emeritus Professor and Co-Founder of Hydrogen Research Institute at the University of Quebec, and Joe Busler, Executive Director of Plant Life Cycle Solutions and CFO of Lindy Engineering APAC, and Leo Young, General Manager and Executive Director of CIMC Enric. And that's all for this edition of Best Talk. Thanks for being with us. Until next time, bye for now.